0: And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir?
1: Not much. I'm ready to keep continuing down the uh, opening of our draft day presents to to kind of discover what what we have obtained.
0: So yesterday we talked about the Cowboys' two picks on day two in Tristan Hill and Connor McGovern. Today we're going to take a look at all of their picks on day three. We're going to go a little bit deeper on some of these guys. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, I want to start with Tony Pollard, the Cowboys. One and only fourth round pick. Uh, pick 148 uh, or excuse me, 128. 128 uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think people were a little surprised that the Cowboys took this player early on uh, because all offseason we've heard Stephen Jones said, hey, they, they want to get a, a guy that if Zeke goes down, can carry the low. They want a starter, cali- starting caliber running back behind Elliott. That's not really Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard is a he's a receiver. He's a running back. He's a kick returner, punt returner. He's a little bit of a do-everything type of guy. So what were your initial impressions of this uh, pick, Landon?
1: Well, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, because I think, you know, we were looking at guys like this. Um, early on in the draft and, you know, basically were kind of poo-pooed by people that yeah, absolutely you know, we were. were inside the building that were saying, you know, this, this is not so much what they're looking for. And, and um, you know, and maybe we should have ignored all that. And, and I think, you know, what I've learned a lot this year is that, um, you know, not to take every single thing we're hearing in there from, to heart and that these guys are obviously also being fed – You know, lines inside the building as well. Um, But I I think you know what I've. What I first thought was, wow, that's that's surprising that he got picked there. I mean, I guess again, he was a thirty visit, so it shouldn't be too surprising. But again, it's it's the it's the you know. He was a he was mostly a slot receiver playing for Memphis. I mean, especially last year, like he 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 lined up as a running back, but he lined up as a wide receiver probably more. Right. And um, you know, I think that when you talk about his role on this offense, I think for sure he's going to get handoffs. He's going to get an opportunity to kind of be that. Um, Backup running back to Zeke, but I think beyond more than that, he's going to have a lot of special teams roles, and, and probably he could play basically any special team. Um, but uh, I think he's also going to find a uh, carve out a role on on the offense as a as a gadget player, as a guy who can give the ball in space in some, one way or another, and can find a way to create and uh, and give you just a little bit of extra speed in, in that. Uh, you know in that spot. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, you you see at times lining up in the slot and running corner routes. I mean, so mm-hmm. you know, this he, he has a lot of versatility to his game and again, like as I mentioned before, he's a guy who can also block a little bit as a run blocker. And so that that I mean, he could do some F stuff. I mean, he could do a whole bunch of stuff. So, um uh, you know, the question now, of course, becomes does he get used in that way? Is is that, you know, is this something that um that we actually will be used in a way that we hope. And that's that's kind of what remains to be seen. And I think, you know, this raises the stakes even more on the question of what does a Kellen Moore offense look like?
0: Right. Um, I was a big fan of Tony Pollard's tape. Now, he's not Darrell Henderson. I think Darrell Henderson was the best running back in this class. But there's times where you see Tony Pollard in space and, man, not only is he fast, but he's got some moves to him. He can absorb contact. Uh, he's just kind of slippery. he's tough to tackle. Um, and he's kind of deceiving. He looks on film like he's a smaller guy,, uh, but he's really not. He's six foot two ten. So if you line him up in the slot, uh, you have no problem throwing the ball there. It's not like you're throwing to a you know a, a tiny receiver. He's got a pretty big catch radius. Uh, my favorite thing about him is he can help you out on special teams. He can be a gunner. he can be your kick returner. I mean, he was by far the most dynamic uh, kick returner in his conference. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do with him. It felt a little high for me, but I, these are the type of players that go early in drafts because there's just not that many guys with his size and his speed. You know, just kind of floating out there with his ability to play on special teams. So maybe a little high, but I think in the if right offense, use right. Yeah, you in know, the right they, offense, yeah. you can you can get a lot of value from this player. Absolutely. And, and another thing, just to add
1: in before we move on, uh, there's a lot of toughness in this guy. I mean, for a guy that's, that's you know, uh, what we're talking about is a gadget guy, a change of pace guy who could develop into a running back backup. Uh, the thing I think that they liked about him is that even when he's not playing running back, I talked about the run blocking, this guy plays with toughness. He doesn't go down at first contact. He's, he's not, you know, he's a guy that you want to create, get to create in space, but he's also not a guy who is just going to go down with the first hit. He'll, he'll keep pushing through there. I'd I see I mean, he has a lot of running back traits when he has the ball in his right. hands.
0: Right. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the Cowboys. Fifth round pick, and that is cornerback Michael Jackson from Miami. Uh, I actually had some time to, to go back and or to watch Michael Jackson before the draft. Uh, I watched him uh, a little bit afterwards. Um, I saw him against some, some pretty good receivers. Deontay Johnson, uh, who went in the third round to Pittsburgh. Uh, you got to see him play a lot, and, you know, I'm a big fan of his game. If you put him in the right scheme, a cover two or cover three scheme, um, you know, that maybe hides some of his ability to not make plays down the field. I know he ran a 4-4-5, doesn't always seem that way on film, but uh, I, I think in a in a Chris Richard defense, I think Michael Jackson has the, the upside to be a number two cornerback. What did you see, Landon?
1: I agree. I mean, I think this is a guy that, you know, once they – uh, you know, I, I think the thing that the, – the theme that I seem to be getting uh, from everyone, you know, criticism-wise about what's going on with the Cowboys is talking about the Isaiah Johnson, I guess, miss at the bottom of the fourth round.
0: You know – It's not a miss. It, it's not a miss. I it, promise it's not a miss.
1: It's not. Because I, I think that this – you know, you get a guy like this, Michael Jackson, who uh, – and he's going by Mike Jackson for reasons that are probably obvious at this point. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, I, he, he – They get a guy who I think probably has a a higher floor than Isaiah Johnson. I think there's no doubt about that. The tackling alone, the tackling
0: alone, makes up the difference
1: for me. Absolutely, and and I think that he has some uh, upside here. He's not. I don't know that he's ever. You know, he's he's not quite as. How do I say this? He's athletic, but he hasn't quite unlocked that athleticism on the field yet. And again, I think it's another uh, a guy that can use some footwork work. Um, but but so let's quickly
0: talk about what kind of athlete he is. He's a 90 percentile athlete in Spark. So it's not like yeah. this is a, a, a bad athlete with length. He, he's got a lot of athleticism to his game. Four yes, and a half inch vertical. It's
1: more just that it's not... Translating on the field all the times, and that's and that's where I think he's gonna. That's where his upside is there, right? But I think he's, you know, I think he's gonna, um, you know, he's he's a great fit for what they're trying to do. Uh, he's got long arms, I, I, you know. He's filled out for uh, a lot more filled out than I feel like Johnson was, and I think he's just kind of. Uh, ready to probably get on the field and, and actually play sooner than, than Johnson was. But with still with some upside because I feel like he gets some of his uh, footwork cleaned up and I think that he could really, yeah, has the upside to be a number two, uh, a, a nice number two corner in the league.
0: Uh, I think you, you, you hit on a good point. Kind of, He's way more filled out, just way, has a more muscular build than Isaiah Johnson. One of the bad things about Johnson, he was almost a little too tall. And it looked kind of awkward sometimes on the field. It looked like a giraffe was p- trying to play cornerback. Well, that's not the case at all with Jackson. He, 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 you see him use his his strength and his power in the run game. And I think, for the, again, for that reason alone, he is, what, one, two, maybe even three years ahead of where Isaiah Johnson is as a quarterback yeah, I mean, prospect right now? It's like a Blake Jarwin versus Rico conversation. You
1: know, it's it's like Rico has unlimited upside, right? Because of just the physicality and all the the athleticism tools, but but he doesn't look like a football player yet, and that's right. a long way to go. Right. And that's the issue I had with Isaiah Johnson too: is that on the field he doesn't. I mean, it's not that he doesn't look like a football player; it's that he doesn't look like a defensive player. Right? He still looks like he's an offensive player running around with his head cut off. So right. th- that's not going to be the issue with Michael Jackson. And he's he's going to come in and have a lot more ability to give you snaps at some point you hope uh than isaiah johnson probably will all
0: right and then at pick 165 just a couple picks after mike jackson the Cowboys selected another miami player defensive end joe jackson uh landon i i know you were watching him last night so why don't you go ahead and tell us what you saw on film
1: man i like this guy a lot more than i thought i was going to you know he really produced and and in, in a way that i, I was surprised he's uh, This is definitely the kind of guy that I always miss on, right? He's a big body, long arm, below average athlete, and his game is all effort based, right? Um, But I think that a guy like this, you know, has. has a use on this team. I think he's gonna be a flexible inside-outside guy. I think he is a guy that you could also plug in on base downs at left defensive end, and he's gonna give you uh, some physicality. He's big. He's like two seventy plus, six four and a half. And I, I think you know this is a guy who is probably not you know the edge bender that you're thinking though I, I you know what I mean the the fact is is that he looks like he has in, in and we were talking about this with John Owning on, you know offline is that he looks like he's got good flexibility in his ankles mm-hmm. it's it's just that he's kind of stiff up in his midsection but you know he can occasionally sh- sharpen the edge and, and get to the quarterback that way but uh, most of the time he's just out working an offensive tackle which you know I I think there is value in some of these guys uh, as a pass rusher I mean you want to talk about way you got your first guy, the right end coming off with speed, and then and then while your quarterback's reacting to that, this guy's working so hard on the other side to get free of his tackle and then finally can get him if, if the if the defensive backs can you know continue to cover. Uh, you know, look, this, th- there's a reason this guy was taken in this fifth round near the end, but I, I think that his natural ability, um, you know, this is this is he he's like Taco except Uh, You know, not at nearly the cost and, uh, you know, with more of an effort plan. I feel like. Very
0: moody from what I get. Yeah,
1: and maybe that too. This guy just (laughs) needs a pass rush plan. That's really what it is. He Uh, doesn't have a plan.
0: All right. So I I, I wrote down a couple things just kind of researching him the other day. Um, First of all, the production is really good. He played three years at Miami, started 26 games, 37 and a half tackles for a loss, 24 sacks. Uh, That's what you want to see from a defensive end. Those are the numbers, you, kind of the threshold you want to see. Now, the athleticism is bad. He's a less than 10 percentile athlete at defensive end. But there's some things that make up for it, which give me some hope. Uh, He has an 80-inch wingspan, 34-inch arms, so above average uh, wingspan. And then I'm kind of looking through Dane Brugler's uh, notes um, from his Beast he has a motor that never stops and he responds well to hard coaching, and his college coaches say he wants to be great. Does that sound like the opposite of another defensive end that we talk about a lot with the Cowboys? You know, maybe it doesn't respond well to coaching, but still has a lot of the, that length and athleticism, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, Taco clearly has. Is this guy with more natural talent, and and this guy is more of a try hard work guy who mm-hmm. I think effort may get him, and, and that may be the difference that keeps
0: them on the, him on this
1: team, and may get Taco play somebody somewhere else. Well,
0: you know the thing is too is I I think you would think there would be an incentive to keep Taco because you spent a first round pick on him, you want that pick to work out. But if Joe Jackson comes in and beats him out, he's actually cheaper. You can cut Taco and get out of his deal right about now. And Joe Jackson's gonna be cheaper on your cap. So that's gonna be a fun kind of little battle to watch. Uh, Really quickly, I saw him more of a, as a left defensive end in the NFL. Is that his best spot? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. he's
1: he's too stiff to play that right side, I think. I mean, I mean you could say the same thing about Crawford, but I think Crawford offered something a little different there. He's a better uh, athlete, Crawford. Is. Yeah, I think Jackson is, is yeah, more of their kind of base, left defensive and traditional guy. You don't necessarily want him there on passing
0: downs. All right, moving on to the Cowboys. Next selection at pick 213 is safety Donovan Wilson from Texas A&M. Uh, Landon, have you got a chance to go back and watch him? And what are your thoughts on him?
1: <laughs> I did watch this guy, and man, first of all, uh, in one of the shows today, yeah, uh, you know, I, th- I think it was Cowboys Break or something. They talked about how he reminded them. One of the somebody on the show reminded said he reminded them of Kayvon Fraser. I, I don't see that at all. Like, okay. I mean, this guy is like, he's tall. He's extremely long armed. Like I, that's the thing I didn't catch about him in, until the second this viewing is that he has really really long arms. He's, um, you know, I think there was I think the thing that caught my uh, my ears about all this is how much since the draft everyone seems to be mentioning him talking about him. Will McClay said that he had uh, Cam Chancellor traits, mm. and so when I heard that and I was like, okay, the six rounder that we got. Let me let's go see, and I see what they're talking about. Like he has. He is kinetic. He's high energy. He flies around and and, and he's, you know, bouncing on his toes between snaps. He is physical. I mean, you know, we talked about how Jonathan Abram, you know, I I think – when we revaluated him, like I, I talked about how he likes to hit hard, but I didn't see a guy that I thought was necessarily a physical player. This dude is all physical. Like you know, I, I watched him blow up screens by knocking his blocker into the ball carrier. Like, you know, I mean, he's not huge. Like that's the thing is, Kayvon Fraser is like built like a running back. He's or like six foot yeah. two, two fifteen. You know, yeah. it's like this guy is not that. This guy is like. Maybe, you know, similar size to Tony Pollard, except he's got a little, he's got longer arms somehow. (laughs) He's 10 pounds lighter than
0: Tony Pollard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I mean, and and he's got, and he's, and he, and he's got, you know, long, but he still has longer arms. Uh, I think that this guy, if, look, the reason this guy probably fell to the sixth round is because. Everybody got obsessed with what this guy can't do. And what this guy can't do is be a deep half coverage safety. Mm -hmm. What this guy can't do is be a a one-on-one tight end shutdown player. What what this guy can do is be physical in the blocks, physical in the box. He can be uh, a short area zone guy. He, you know, he can click and close when he sees things happen in front of him and come downhill fast and hard and physical. Uh, you know, he needs to work on wrapping up a little bit, but I think this is a guy where the Cowboys are going to put him in a spot to do the things that he does well and avoid the things that he doesn't do well. And and much like you know, Tristan Hill other teams may not value these guys as much as they do but they know that if they put him these players in their best position which absolutely fits what the the Cowboys defense wants to do
0: they're going to get the most out of them and thereby giving them more value than any other team yeah a couple quick notes on Donovan Wilson he is a little overaged he's going to be about 24, a little over mm-hmm. 24 when the season starts. Uh, he's dealt with some injuries. He fractured his foot in 2017, uh, started the first game, got hurt in that game, never was returned. Um, he had a core injury that limited him this offseason, uh, wasn't able to run at either the combine or the pro day. Um, but you are right on the arms, 33 and 3 inch into arms. That's crazy. You know, oh, yeah, That's it's absolutely ridiculous. For safeties, you're talking about like the 94th percentile. Uh, had a 39-inch vertical at his pro day. Uh, the broad jump was excellent, 127 inches. That's 87th percentile. So you see the between the length and the explosiveness, it's there. Um, I, I reached out to a couple uh, Aggie fans to kind of see what their thought, thoughts were on this guy. And they all said, don't be surprised long-term if this is one of their best day three picks because... When he played and he was right, especially in 2016, uh, his, his sophomore year, they said he was special. He had eight pass deflections, five interceptions, three forced fumbles. They thought he was flying all over the field. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens with Donovan Wilson. Wouldn't be 100% shocked to see them, you know, maybe try to stash him on the practice squad for a year with Kayvon Frazier having one year left on his contract. I think that's kind of ideal for both parties. Let them get healthy. Uh, let them kind of learn the defense in some coverage units. And then in 2020, step right in as maybe that third safety. But uh, an interesting pick by the Cowboys there at 213. Moving on to pick 218, the Cowboys grab their second running back of the draft, if you want to call Tony Pollard a running back. <laughs> and that's Mike Weber from Ohio State. Landon, your thoughts on the pick?
1: Weber is just basically a 75% Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, like, I mean, even watching his tape with with the jersey yeah. and with with the, the the obviously the offense that they still run and and you know it's it's like watching Zeke except with less impressive talent. You know, I mean, it's he's it's not that he's that's a terrible thing. I mean, he's just that's the difference between the fourth overall pick and and the fourth overall pick in the seventh round. You know, right. it's like I, I think it's really just a matter of they. They, they needed a guy that, that I think they wanted a guy as in the room, not necessarily as the backup, but in the room who could give them similar um, that has similar traits to Zeke, you know, obviously maybe not as talented. He's on the Zeke track, but he's, you know, he's seventy five percent like I said. And, and that way, just there's a level, level of comfort. There's a floor kind of for what the what happens if Zeke, uh, is injured, you kind of have an idea of what the minimum production you can get is. And with with a guy like Pollard mixed in, and with him potentially even developing, that becomes your ceiling, right? Like, right. I mean, where, right. how much better Pollard can make that situation, either subbing in or potentially being the backup. So, uh, I think Weber, it was a value pick for them. And I'm pretty sure that he was like fourth or fifth round in, on their board. So, uh, and they needed more running backs because they they have they have nothing, you know. So, I, I think for them. They liked both of these guys so why not take both of them and that's the other thing too to remember is that you know look they've got all these picks they don't have a ton of spots left on their roster at this no, point no. this is a guy who you're taking in the 7th round who I mean I feel pretty confident is probably going to make the roster right as your third running back so or at least has is going to have as good a chance as any position in you know any other guy that you're taking in the 7th round so um, yeah I, I like this pick because I felt like okay they, they got they secured a several Young talented players who can back up Zeke. And if they need to, they can go get a vet guy, but they they don't have to anymore because they paid for one pretty cheaply in the seventh round.
0: Alright, a couple things. Um, first of all, the Cowboys have a rule on their team that they have to have at least two Ohio State guys in their backfield it's at all times. It's a rule. It's you have a rule. to <laughs> between Rod Smith, they, they let Rod Smith go and now Mike Weber's gonna be back. Um I love drafting running backs in the seventh round because, number one, you don't have to use a, an asset to go get one. You don't have to use a top 150 pick. And number two, you get these guys for four years. So if Mike Weber's your backup running back for four years on a rookie contract like that, that's outstanding value. It means that you don't have to spend money on that position in free agency. You don't have to go out and and trade for anybody. So if he can make the roster, uh, I, I think that's a home run for Dallas. Um, last thing. Over-under 75 carries for Mike Weber in the preseason. What do you think? Over. Over. <laughs> poor Mike right? Weber. I mean, r- yeah, right? Mike, like, Mike I mean, he's <laughs> he's going to get so many carries. Yeah, poor Mike Weber. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, moving on to the Cowboys' final pick of the 2019 NFL draft is defensive end slash outside linebacker at Oregon, Jalen Jelks. Uh, an interesting player. Um, I hmm. mean, you know, one of the guys that's – He's got a lot of muscle tone to him. He's big, he's long, but kind of like Joe Jackson, not overly athletic. Uh, What did you see in his film, Landon? Well,
1: let me clear up this is the kind of pass rusher that I struggle with. Yes, yeah, me too. More, more than Joe Jackson, because Joe Jackson, look, 275, you've got a body as a base defensive end, a left defensive end. I, I may not appreciate it as much as a right defensive end, but I can see your your value there. And that's why I can see Joe Jackson as a guy who could go in there and you know potentially do a better job than T- Taco Charlton because he will work harder at it. Jalen Jelks is a right defensive end body type, but he's not – I mean, not only is he not an elite athlete, he's he's kind of a bad athlete. He is a bad um, athlete. He's long armed, um, and he, he knows how to use that length well. Uh, and I think that's probably how he was able to produce at the at the rate that he did. Um, but I, I think that you you look at him, and it's, uh, I, you know, I, I guess I was shocked at watching the tape and, and seeing his his testing numbers because he doesn't seem as unathletic as. He plays, uh, or wait, he plays more athletic <laughs> than I go. guess he tested. Is what I guess I'm saying. So um, he, but I think that he's you know a guy that is gonna be. Uh, he's a high ceiling, a high floor player, you know, like I think he comes in and he can give you snaps and solid snaps. And I think he'll probably come in and be able to play the run. This is not a guy who's going to need to come in and, um, you know, put on weight to play the position, you know, like I think he'll, he'll, he's already over correctly sized to come in and be an NFL defensive end. Uh, I think he's probably, uh, you know, a rotational, uh, uh, back of the, the, the bench type uh, right defensive end for this team. And, and uh, you know, the, you hope that, you know, I, I think that there's there's you have the opportunity to maybe take advantage of some of his versatility. I talked about when he got drafted, maybe he could be a Kyle Wilber type. That's exactly you know? what I was going to say, yep. And so, um, you know, I think that that's certainly a possibility. And, and I think, obviously, when you're talking about a, uh, the back end of the roster uh, uh kind of player that's the kind of guy you want on your team so you know let's smash cut to the when they cut down the roster if this guy makes it over another guy at the defensive end position that maybe we thought was a little bit more talented don't be surprised because the thing that's going to keep that's going to make him useful on game day rosters is that this guy could probably play i don't know like three or four different positions up and down the seven, the front seven so i think that gives him a lot of value for those
0: you game day rosters. So on Monday when we recorded our show, you mentioned Kyle Wilbert in connection with Jalen Jelks. And the first thing I did after that podcast is I actually pulled up some of the Jelks film because the last year he played as a 3-4 stand-up linebacker at Oregon. So I wanted to see him kind of in space more. Um, and I thought he was good. Now, he's not, he's not great sideline to sideline. But in short areas, I, I thought he held up well. So my question is, is this a guy that maybe if you have him drop 10 pounds, 5 pounds, you could think about him playing, you know what, 5 to 10 snaps a game as a Sam linebacker. Is that possible?
1: Sure. I mean, there's no reason to think that, you know, that they wouldn't even at least experiment with him playing there. And and I think at this point, if we're talking about you know, keeping the Sam linebacker playing a similar role that he has previously, where that's an on-the-line guy, that's a guy who's, you know, lined up Basically standing over the the uh, the tight end, mm-hmm. I, I think if we're still talking about that kind of role, then yeah, I think this is a guy who you know you wouldn't mind engaging with with uh, with tight ends. I mean because he's uh, you know, he's because he's got good length, he's got um, you know good wingspan, and I think that he's like I said, he's he's not undersized at all. He's you know no, two fifty plus easy. So yeah, if if you had him lose some weight, first of all, maybe it helps some of his explosion. I mean his explosion is not. Yeah, you know, well, I said he's a less than average athlete, but I, 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 I think that you know his explosion is not so off that if you had him lose some weight and you know kind of had him as more of a tweener, outside linebacker defensive end type, that he might not gain some more explosion there, and that would probably help him both as a pass rusher, right, and, and you know, and yeah. as an offensive as a, as an outside
0: linebacker. I, I don't even worry about him covering tight ends all that much on like oh, no. seam yeah. routes because we saw it at. Oregon, I mean listen, it's hard to throw on him down the field because he's so big and long, so you would have to somebody would have to have elite speed and you'd have to have elite quarterback to throw over top of him and drop it into a bucket, so if you want to get him on the field, 5-10 to snaps and then let him be a core special teamer and then if injuries happen in the game, you can slide him down to defensive end, I'm fine with that Uh, more than likely he'll probably end up on the practice squad for a year and we'll reevaluate this next offseason and see where he's at but I'm I'm perfectly fine throwing, uh, throwing a, a dart at this guy because you just never know what he could be in the NFL. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at on Cowboys, And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.